Lord of heaven and earth, we humbly come before you today and we thank you for who you are. We adore you. We magnify you as the stars proclaim your wonder and glory. So we announce to the world, you are Lord, you are God. We thank you that you are committed to us to the point of sending your son, Jesus Christ, not just that he would die on a cross, but he would be in this room today. That he would speak to our minds and our hearts. That he would move us to follow more deeply in his footsteps. Lord, as the universe proclaims your glory, we pray that this time of worship would equally honor you and proclaim to the world that you are God. We ask it humbly through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat this morning as called by name takes a seat. And uh, we turn our attention to the series here this morning. We are uh, in the middle of a series uh, called uh, Radical Parenting in the Next World. And uh, today we turn our attention to uh, single parenting. Uh, I think uh, too often in the church when we get to that subject of parenting, we tend to kind of think about, you know, mom, dad, and the kids. And uh, we always focus our attention on you know, well, okay, how do we do better parenting as mom, dad, and the kids? And the reality is, in our world today, we equally need to be conscious of and speak to uh, that reality of single parenting uh, in our world. I mean, we know it is just a reality. Uh, in the room this morning, there are single parents. And in the room this morning, there are a number of you who uh, have relatives or children or somebody out there that you know who are in this circumstance in life where they are single parents. If we uh, look at the statistics, we know that from 1960 to the year 2000, we had a 139% increase in the number of single parent homes in our country. 139%. This is something that is a reality. It's a circumstance. It is a reality that surrounds us uh, all the time. And thankfully, it is also a circumstance that the Bible speaks to. That uh, God, in his wisdom, uh, when he penned the word for us, uh, took into account all of those situations of our life. And equally, I think, we can go in the scriptures this morning, and uh, we can look at the situations of single parents. And, and glean from that some understanding uh, for both ourselves as the church, uh, and equally some understanding, hopefully, in the lives of single parents themselves. So as we start this morning, let's start with just a simple observation uh, that says uh, it's a radical reality and probably a radical event that caused the situation and the circumstance of single parenting. And that for most single parents, single parenting is not a choice that they would make. Now, they may be in this situation because they've made choices. But it doesn't mean their choice in life was to be a single parent. I mean, I would suspect if we sat down with single parents today and we said, now listen, when you were in, in junior high or high school and you're thinking about your future, was it, was it one of your dreams to be a single parent? I mean, obviously the answer would be no, not at all. And the reality is that most people are single parents because of the circumstances that they simply found themselves in as life unfolded. Now, granted, some of those circumstances are the result of some bad choices, 
But nevertheless, they're in the circumstance because of the way life simply unfolded for them. We've got an example of that in the scriptures. If we go to Genesis 21, it is the experience of Abraham and Sarah, and more importantly of Sarah's servant girl, Hagar. If you remember, God came to Abraham and Sarah and said, now Sarah's going to have a baby. And of course, they waited, 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 and it didn't happen right away according to their time frame. So they came up with the bright idea. Sarah says to Abraham, Abraham, listen, I've got this, this uh, maidservant of mine. Why don't you go ahead and try to produce a child through her, and then we'll finally have a child. So, of course, this happens. Hagar is the servant girl, and she gives birth to a son. His name is Ishmael. But God, being the God that he is, who fulfills all his promises, eventually Sarah, too, became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son named Isaac. So, let's see. We now have Sarah and Isaac in the household, and we have Hagar and Ishmael in the household, and we have Abraham. Does this sound like a formula for a problem? Absolutely. And here we see it uh, in the scriptures. Genesis 21, verse 9 starts out saying, But Sarah saw Ishmael making fun of Isaac. How dare he? Ishmael was the son of Hagar that Hagar had by Abraham. Hagar was Sarah's servant from Egypt. We know her place, huh? Sarah said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman. Get rid of her son. The slave woman's son will never have a share of the family's property with my son Isaac. Does this sound like a committed woman? And all men in the house know when you have a committed woman like that, you say, yes, dear. So Abraham says, yes, dear. He says, yes, dear. He gives a little, uh, little bread and water to Hagar and sends her on her way out into the desert. And so Hagar now is a single parent. Why? Because of the circumstances of living in a broken world. Because of the circumstances of her life. I mean, single parenting is not something we necessarily choose. It is something that just comes upon us. And we as the church, church, listen, we as the church need to understand that when we meet these folks who are single parents, we are not there to judge why they're a single parent. We are there to be compassionate and to be understanding because the circumstances in their life have driven them to the reality they now live in. It is not our job to judge those choices or circumstances. Our job is to show compassion. Did you get that? You see, they're there not because they want to be. They're there just because of the circumstances of their life, just like Hagar. And second big observation, where they are in the circumstances of their life is a tough, tough place. It is a challenging place to be a single parent. I mean, think about it. If you're out there and you're in a marriage relationship and you have children right now, how easy is it for you to raise your kids with both husband and wife? Now take one of you out of the picture and try to do it alone. It is tough stuff. It is a challenging place to be. We can see it again in the text in Genesis 21 where Hagar gives us the emotional reality of what it means to be a single parent and the challenge of that. 
when the water in the bottle was gone, she put the boy under a bush. Then she went off and she sat down nearby. She was about as far away as a person can shoot an arrow. She thought, I can't stand to watch the boy die. As she sat nearby, she began to sob. How tough is it? It's just tough. We need to understand that people who are in these circumstances are there not because they choose to, and where they are is an exceedingly difficult place. And we can see Hagar. Hagar is there, and she is just in a tough, tough situation. And her only solution in her mind is simply to let the circumstances control her. And so she puts the boy under a tree, and she goes an arrow distance away, and she gives way to the circumstances and gives circumstances the power over her life. That's a tough place to be. If you're a single parent this morning, you may feel like that's exactly where you are. You may feel your circumstances are so overwhelming and so overpowering. But I want you to listen this morning. I want you to hear that God is greater than your circumstances. See, what Hagar didn't know was that God had made a promise to Abraham and that God was going to look out for Hagar and Ishmael. That their circumstances, as difficult as they were, as tough as they were, the circumstances were not going to own their future. God was in charge of their future. If you look again, it says, But God said to Abraham, uh, don't be so upset about the boy and about your servant Hagar. Listen to what Sarah tells you because your family line will continue through Isaac. Now look what he says. I will make the son of your servant into a nation also. I will do it because he is your child. Do you see the radical commitment that God has already made to Hagar and to Ishmael? If you're a single parent, you need to hear your tough circumstances that you may not have chosen but a reality in your life don't need to control your life. And they don't change God's attitude and His radical love for you. Your circumstances don't change God's radical commitment and love for you. Hagar's circumstances were beyond her control. Her circumstances started to take over her life. But it didn't change God's radical commitment to Hagar and to Ishmael. It didn't change the commitment that he was ready to fulfill in her life. Now, let me take you quickly to another story, and we're going to spend the rest of our time in this story. Now, another experience of the Old Testament comes out of 1 Kings 17, and it's another single-parent mom. Another single-parent mom. And she's equally in a difficult circumstances. But I want you to see that God's radical commitment to her and radical love commitment to her has not changed in spite of her circumstances. In fact, God looks at her and sees the possibility of what she can become in the kingdom of heaven. Let me show it to you. It's in 1 Kings 17. It says, A message came to Elijah from the Lord. He said, Go right away to Zarephath in the territory of Sidon. Stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Now, the widow is a single-parent mom. She's a single-parent mom. But when God looks at her, what does he see in the widow? 
Well, does he see only her tough circumstances? Does he see all the bad choices that may or may not have been part of her life or the situation she got in? Absolutely not. When God looks at her, God sees her in his radical commitment to her and to her son, and he sees how she can make a difference in the kingdom of heaven. He looks at her and says, Listen, I'm going to keep Elijah alive. I'm going to keep my ministry through the prophet Elijah moving forward through the commitment I have made to this single parent mom in Zarephath. And she becomes the key in moving the kingdom of heaven forward in Elijah's life. See, when you're a single parent, there's always this temptation to get down on yourself, to look only at your circumstances, to get lost in the difficult situation you're in, and forget your circumstances don't own you. If you're a Christ follower, God owns you. And his radical commitment doesn't change. And his radical vision for your life doesn't change. For this widow in Zarephath, Elijah enters in and it creates the opportunity for her to stop focusing only on her circumstances and start focusing on what she can do for God. It's in the text again. It says, So Elijah went to Zarephath. He came to the town gate, and lo and behold, there's the widow. A widow was there gathering sticks, and he called out to her, and he asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar? I need a drink. And look what happens in verse 11. She went to get the water. That's amazing. That's radical. I mean, she could have looked at the prophet Elijah and said, Whoa, wait a minute. You don't understand. I'm in dire straits. I'm a single parent. I got tough things going on. My circumstances are such that I just can't think of anything but what's going on in my life. Get your own dang water. Instead, she understands God's radical commitment to her and God's radical commitment that she could still do incredible things in the purposes of God. And she goes and becomes an instrument for Elijah, the great prophet, in a simple drink of water. And it doesn't stop there. We see God's radical commitment to her continuing, but it calls her to look at her circumstances and say, my circumstances don't own me. I belong to the purposes of God. And I'm going to trust those purposes more. Let's look at it in the text. It says, Then Elijah called out to her, Please bring me a piece of bread too. I don't have any bread, she replied. And that's just as sure as the Lord your God is alive. All I have is a small amount of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home. I'll make one last meal for myself and my son. We'll eat it, and after that, we'll die. Is she in a tough situation? Absolutely. Would it be easy for her circumstances to overwhelm the situation and for her to get lost only in her circumstances? Absolutely. But Elijah, Elijah calls her to trust God more. Elijah says, don't be afraid, go home, do what you've said, make the bread, but first make a little bread for me. Make it of what you have, bring it to me, then make some for yourself 
and your son. What's the commitment? Put God first. Trust God more. Ready for a radical statement? If you're a single parent out there today, I know it's tough. I understand that. Your church understands that. If you're a single parent, I know your circumstances can overwhelm you. I understand that. But you need to put God first. And the best way you can do that is to begin to tithe. As I know, one of the toughest places for single parents is in their finances. That's one of the most difficult challenges. And that is the exact place that Elijah challenges the woman. He says, listen, take what you have and give the first portion to the purposes of God. I know it's a radical statement. You're saying, wait a minute, how can I do that? I only have enough to get by on. No, listen to me. She said, I only have enough bread for my son and myself. We're going to eat that and we're going to die. If you don't follow the purposes of God, if you don't trust God more, that's what you're left with. When she took the step and she said, I'm going to trust God more, and she did what Elijah called her to do, look what happened. Elijah says, listen, you're talking about the Lord God of Israel, and the jar of flour is not going to be used up, and the juggle's always going to have oil in it. You have flour and you have oil until the day the Lord sends rain down the earth. And she went away and she did what Elijah told her to do. You see, it's saying, I'm going to trust God's promise over my life. I'm going to let God own my life and not my circumstances. And you take that radical step, that radical step that says, I'm going to trust God more. I'm going to put him first. And the outcome for the woman is, so Elijah had food every single day. And there was also food for the woman and her family. The jar of flour wasn't used up. The jug had always had oil in it. That's what the Lord had said would happen. He had spoken that through the message to the prophet uh, Elijah. Now, I want you to notice there, it doesn't say that once she started taking that step, once she took the step of putting God first, that all of a sudden her house was full of sacks of flour. It doesn't say all of a sudden she had vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel of oil just stacked all over the place. What does it say? Every single day she had provision for the day. That's it. Every single day she had provision for the day. Why? Because every single day God was in charge of her circumstances, not her circumstances in charge of her life. When you start putting God first, God can change your circumstances. When you put him first, he can change your circumstances. Remember, he is radically committed to you. Your circumstances don't change his radical love for you. He is radically committed to what you can become in the kingdom of heaven under his purpose and promise. It doesn't change. Your circumstances don't change that commitment. But it calls us to take the radical step of trusting and trusting and trusting. Now, one of the steps, if you're a single parent this morning, I want to encourage you to look at is not only take that step of trusting God more, but also stepping out and radically seeking out people from the community of faith here at Christ Church to come into your life. You'll notice in the text that God brought Elijah into the woman's life. And the text says, so Elijah had food every day, every day. Now, we know the situation that Elijah is in, and we know it was a three-year period, 
So the probability is that Elijah spent at least one year to two years with this single mom and her son. He spent at least a year or two with this single mom uh, and her son. What does it mean? It means God brought support into her life when her circumstances were absolutely dire. Remember, she was getting sticks. She was at the end of her rope. And God provided Elijah into her life to provide the support that she needed. If you take the radical step and you start reaching beyond yourself, if you start reaching out to the people here at Christ Church, God is going to provide the right people to bring into your life. But you've got to take the radical step. He, he will provide the right people into your life. Now, let, let me give you just one caveat to that statement. You ready? If you're a single parent and you start reaching out to people in this community of faith here to get involved in your life, make sure, listening, you reach out to people who are the same gender as you. You hear that? Why? Because temptation is real. And we're broken people. And you're used to having intimacy in your life and companionship in your life if you were married before you became a single parent. Don't underestimate the power of temptation. When you reach out, reach out and reach out for folks who are the same gender as you are and build that network underneath and around you that can support you and help you. God has provided you with this community of faith for that purpose. Don't let your circumstances control you. Let other people enter into your life and be that level of support. Now, to accomplish that, I want to encourage you to make the biggest first step beyond trusting God. And that big step for a single parent is to look at your circumstance and practice forgiveness. Practice forgiveness. What happens in the, the widow of Zarephath's life is her son gets sick, and finally he stops breathing. And you go down to verse 18 after he stopped breathing, and here is the woman's response. The woman said to Elijah, You're a man of God. What did you have against me? Now notice this. Did you come to bring my sin out in the open? Did you come to kill my son? See, now the reality is, in most single-parent relation or circumstances, there's enough blame to go around. I mean, there's enough blame to go around. We go back to Sarah and Abraham and, and Hagar, right? Wouldn't you say there was enough blame to go around in that situation? There's enough blame to go around. You can spend all your time and all your emotional energy trying to blame somebody else or carrying the guilt of blaming yourself. You can let those circumstances control you or you can practice radical forgiveness. And say, Jesus Christ died on the cross that, may, that he might forgive me for whatever situation brought me into this circumstance. We just need to receive that. Don't carry that anymore. Just receive that radical forgiveness and then practice that radical forgiveness. In, in whoever the, the parent, other parent is in your relationship out there, you've you got to just... Practice radical forgiveness. Don't waste your time and waste your energy on the whole frustration and getting even stuff. Just practice radical forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. So you can be free from that stuff. It starts with practicing that radical forgiveness that says, 
God is radically committed to my life. God is radically committed to purposes in my life. God is radically committed to the promise that he will provide for me in my life. And I'm going to let him own my life and my children's life. And I'm going to trust him more. And I'm going to become an instrument for his kingdom. I'm not going to let my circumstances overwhelm me with guilt, frustration, and anger. I'm going to practice radical forgiveness. Now, last word for the day. Last word for the day is to the rest of us out there in the community of faith called Christ Church. And it's a simple word. Uh, It is that understanding that we, as the people of God, need to have a radical commitment to one another, and especially to single parents. We need to have a radical commitment. I think it was uh, Hillary Clinton, I think, made a statement one time, it takes a village to raise a child. You remember that one? Okay, now I get that. I understand what that's all about. And okay, it makes sense and all that. But you know what? Not here. Not here. Not, not at Christ Church. At Christ Church, it takes a family. That's God's design. It takes a family. And it takes this family. When, when we do this stuff, when we, when we do this baptism stuff, we're not just sitting in the chairs going, oh, isn't that great? Another child for the kingdom of heaven. Now, we're taking responsibility. We're saying, wait a minute, that, that is another member of the family in the kingdom of heaven with us, and we are responsible for that child. Here, we're a family, and we need to be absolutely, utterly, radically committed to one another. When Elijah moves in to live with this widow and her son, and the son gets sick, and the son dies, look what Elijah says. Give me your son. He didn't say, give the government your son. He didn't say, give somebody in the village your son. He said, give me your son. That's what we need to say. We need to say, give me your son. Give me your daughter. Give me your kids. You go have fun. Give me. Let me enter into your life. We need to be radically committed to one another. Elijah was radically committed when this son got sick and died. He says, look, give me your son. And he took the son in his arms and he carried the son up into a room and he got on his knees and he prayed over him three times and God worked to bring this boy back to life. He gave the boy life because Elijah said, it's my responsibility. It's mine. I'm going to get involved. It doesn't take a village around here. Around here, it takes a family. And we who are Christ Church, we need to make sure we always have compassion and understanding and we look for the opportunity to reach into those single parent family lives and be there in all the support we can be for them. Amen? Do I get an amen on that one? Isn't that what we should be about? That's what Elijah did. And that's why we've got to talk this morning and understand God has a purpose for single-parent families. He's got a purpose for those families. And we need to be there and committed to make sure those kids succeed so that they change the world for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning because you have made that radical commitment to each one of us. And uh, you've made that radical commitment to single parents and uh, Nothing is going to shake that. Nothing is going to change that. And their circumstances cannot overwhelm that. And Father, we just pray today that you would just make that a rock solid in their life and that you'd bring us into their lives in the right way and that we could support and strengthen 
uh, help us to make uh, the difference that they can achieve and accomplish whatever it is you want in their life. And their circumstances will no longer own them, but you would be in total control of their life. Father, we just come to you today. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for his radical forgiveness and for his commitment to each one of us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.